can neurodivergent people tell when someone else is neurodivergent? Let's talk about that. So today's video is going to be like a stream of consciousness. I had asked myself this question a few weeks ago and I've just kind of been mulling it over here and there. And for some reason I felt drawn to digest this topic on video with you guys. And it's this concept of neurodivergent people and how there's just this certain sixth sense sometimes that you get when you meet someone else that's neurodivergent. and. You may not know they're neurodivergent, but you could just kind of tell that they're neurodivergent. When it comes to this topic, I am a little bit wary because I don't think it's completely respectful to question other people's neurotype, if that makes sense. Like it's not respectful to contemplate whether or not someone else has autism or has ADHD or any other neurodiversities, but at the same time, I do think that it could be a very interesting conversation in terms of what are attributes of another human being that neurodivergent people feel a draw to. That's something I definitely want to highlight in today's video, more so than just diagnosing other people, is what are those attributes that we connect with more quickly and more seamlessly. Because the truth is, is that even a neurotypical person could have qualities like this. There's not this rule that if you're a neurodivergent person, you only get along with other neurodivergent people. And there's also no rule that says that just because two people are neurodivergent means that they will automatically get along. People are people and you will either not connect to someone or connect with someone just because you guys resonate with each other and it's not having to do anything with your neurotype. But with that being said, I do think that there is a lot of intrinsic understanding of each other that neurodivergent people have. If I were to reflect on the people in my life that I get along more with, I would pretty confidently say that they are neurodivergent to some sort of extent, whether they are officially diagnosed or not. I feel like usually when I meet someone or when I'm talking to someone, I could pretty much highlight a person's personality or even to an extent some aspects of what they've been through in life and certain densities they may have. Something I think about is if any of you have played the game Mario Party, there's a certain game in there where it's I think three versus one and there's one person who has a flashlight. They're walking around the arena and sometimes when you get close to another player, you could see them being lit up by the light you're holding. I feel like that's kind of how it feels for me when I first meet someone. It's like we're in a dark room because I don't know much about this person yet. The light is a metaphor for inquiry. When I ask certain questions or someone reveals certain aspects of their personality, the light kind of shines on it. And sometimes you see aspects of someone's life that they don't necessarily reveal directly to you, but some sort of answer they give you is an indication to something else in their life. This goes into a whole other topic of this sixth sense that a lot of neurodivergent people have. And I honestly feel like it's just a really fine-tuned ability of pattern recognition. There's so many times where I could put two and two together about someone 
and understand an aspect of their life even if they never directly shared it with me. This whole concept is very interesting because I have a harder time putting context clues together based off of social dynamics and knowing how I need to function with it. But when it comes to just learning about one specific person, I can have this extremely fine-tuned ability to put context clues together and make pretty accurate inferences. So an example of this is Sometimes when I meet someone new, all they have to do is just give me certain key information about themselves, even analyzing the way that they talk to me or respond to the world around them, even just analyzing the pictures that they post. I could kind of draw pretty accurate conclusions about them their life and who they are. Usually when this happens, I keep it to myself. There's this idea of just because you see something doesn't mean the people around you are ready to see it. Because there's been times where I may point something out and it doesn't get received well. I mean, it usually doesn't because a lot of the times people don't really want to be seen in that way or it's just very vulnerable. I remember when I first met my current partner, I only talked to him for a day or two before I could pretty much make the inference that he doesn't really have a close relationship with his father. And he doesn't like to share too much about himself or talk about himself in general. Basically, long story short, he doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. But I remember at the time, since we barely knew each other, he was just so confused as to how I knew something like that when he never shared it with me. And I feel like that's a really good example of being able to take all these different things that you observe and be able to keep back tracing it to different patterns. What begins to happen when you do stuff like this is once you get to know someone and different aspects of themselves and their life starts to reveal itself, you get these pillars, right, that starts to come up. And within these pillars, you start to draw out the map of how they all connect to each other until you have a full-blown map to this person. And this map probably has a lot of details that they never disclose to you, but you just intrinsically know. And I feel like this is really difficult when you're autistic because sometimes you want to interact with this person with that roadmap in mind, but there's aspects of that roadmap that they're not necessarily ready to express and they don't know that you know that aspect of their roadmap or they don't know themselves that there's that aspect of their roadmap. And so there becomes a weird tension where you might be interacting with them in a way that is catering to a certain aspect of their roadmap. They may be confused as to why you're catering in that way, but then you're put in a weird position because you can't necessarily directly tell them why because perhaps they're just unaware of it or they don't want to talk about it. And so you are left with the choice of, okay, if that's the case, then do I have to interact with them in their roadmap that they're aware of? So you have your roadmap that you created for them. And if there's a lot of parts of that that they're not privy to and they're not ready to interact with you within that roadmap, you now have to take their roadmap and what they're aware of and what they're comfortable with and interact with them with that roadmap. And that roadmap may not be very accurate. And so that's where I think sometimes we have difficulty with is when we see certain patterns but with certain types of people who are not authentic to themselves fully yet or fully aware, you have to almost make these weird adjustments to interacting with them to the part of themselves that they are aware of at that point. 
And sometimes I think the deficit could come from that, like not knowing how to interact in that sort of way because it's just not the truth, right? And you come across moments where you may have to make up certain things or lie in some of our eyes and you're just not wanting to do that or you don't know how to keep carrying on interactions underneath a lie. I hope the way that I'm talking is not too abstract for you guys because sometimes when I try to explain my thought process to people, they could get really confused. I know for sure my partner gets confused sometimes. He's always like, you lost me. Like that was way too abstract for me to even conceptualize. And so I guess if I could be a little bit more literal with what I just explained, it would be, let's say someone you can identify within your roadmap that they are very sensitive about the topic of their family. And so you go out of your way to not talk about family or not trigger them when it comes to the topic of family. And let's say they bring up the topic of family and you don't really feel comfortable talking to them about it because you don't want them to feel uncomfortable, but then they may see that you're being wary or being careful and they may not understand why. And then in their perspective, they're like, why are you being weird about this? And then now you're kind of in that pickle where you can't necessarily explain to them that you've identified that as a trigger topic within their roadmap because they're not necessarily addressing it and seeing as such. Maybe you go out of your way to still respond to them when they bring up family and talk to them about it as if you don't know that that's a trigger topic for them, but then you could still feel that there's emotional disturbance within them during the whole time that you're talking about it. And then now you're just feeling this weird aspect of you don't know what you can avoid or can't avoid based off of what you know and what they're aware of. And so you're just kind of feeling that very specific tension and you don't know how much of what knowledge to integrate within the interaction. And it gets really confusing. And I feel like a lot of the times for autistic people who have that sixth sense, that sixth sense could definitely become a burden because sometimes you just know too much about people and sometimes it doesn't help you because they're not ready to know that knowledge themselves, let alone for other people to know it. And therefore you can't integrate that knowledge within your interaction with them. And on the other hand, I think sometimes that sixth sense could be very helpful because for people who are looking for that sort of connection, you could see things that they may not be able to see and you may be able to show up for them in ways that other people may not be able to show up for them or they may not be able to show up for themselves. An example of this is, you know, when I work with my clients one-on-one, this ability to be able to see those things does come in handy because those people are looking for that type of knowledge and insight. And this definitely ties back into the topic of whether or not you can intrinsically tell if someone is neurodivergent or not. Usually that happens through that sixth sense. So when you're interacting with someone, there's certain aspects of how they respond to you and how they process that can indicate to you that this person thinks a certain way. And that certain way of thinking may be a neurodivergent way of thinking. Something that I've noticed is that Usually neurodivergent people are extremely authentically themselves. When I'm interacting with them or when I'm talking to them, I don't feel essences of other people's patterns in there because all I could see and experience is their own patterns. Once 
those authentic characteristics start to come out, they all interconnect pretty seamlessly to each other for their own specific spectrum. I haven't necessarily seen that sort of pattern in anyone else displayed that exact way. So I feel like that's a pretty good indication to me that someone is neurodivergent. This doesn't necessarily include high masking neurodivergent individuals because that's like a whole other thing is sometimes I do come across neurodivergent people who are very high masking sometimes unconsciously, where the only aspects of them that I get to know are so NPC-like. So it's just, I don't get any essences of this person. It's just almost like they've learned all these patterns of other people. When I experience someone like that, I just kind of envision like a gray. Like everything about this person is something I've seen in other people before and there's no uniqueness to it. There's no specialty to it. I'm not even saying this as a negative thing. I'm just being very objective here. So this is my analytical objective Aquarius Mercury coming out here. These types of people I definitely empathize for because of course... You would hope that other neurodivergent people feel safe to be themselves and live their life and explore their life as themselves. But the truth is, is that a lot of us don't have a safe space to do so. And I do meet a lot of neurodivergent people where I know underneath the surface probably have so much to them that they don't get to tap into. But it's just there's this hard shell of learned behaviors from everyone else around them. And usually it's just this very basic manual of how a person should be. Like I said, it's almost like an NPC. It's just like these robotic responses and ways of doing things that has no indication of individuality. I feel like it's important to highlight that aspect of the coin too. Because I don't want us to think that all neurodivergent people are just these rainbows and butterflies, unique individuals that are super artistic and are super special and all that stuff. There's a lot of neurodivergent people as well that have spent their whole lives masking and hiding their uniqueness under everyone else's normal attributes. I feel like neurotypical people usually put something out there that's always being put out there and they have a certain response that they always get back. And so when I respond in a way that is not something they've ever experienced before, they get really thrown off because I've kind of went off their script. That's kind of how I could tell when I'm interacting with a neurotypical person is just that sense of not being able to carry on the interaction or just pure judgment. Sometimes, unfortunately, I do come across very judgmental neurotypical people where they identify you as something or someone different and they don't see that as a positive. They see that almost as a threat and they want to judge you negatively for it. And usually when I identify that, I don't care to carry on interacting with them. I usually just move on. But I've come to notice that when I do interact with someone who is very responsive to how I am, I could pretty much tell that this person is neurodivergent in a way because I feel like a lot of neurodivergent people are very observational. We may not know what it means or how to process it, but we do have a tendency to be very analytical. And it's kind of like a survival instinct of ours, but also a talent, right? So I noticed that for neurodivergent people, there's some sort of observational skill that they have where you could tell that they're paying attention to you. They're paying attention to maybe your outfit, the mannerisms you have, your tone of voice. They're paying attention to the things that you're talking about. They're wanting to figure out how 
to respond to your roadmap. And I feel like I don't necessarily get that from neurotypical people because neurotypical people aren't necessarily interested in learning about others the way that neurodivergent people are. I feel like neurodivergent people are always wanting to learn about other people or at least be observing other people. And so when I say something that's kind of off the cuff or abnormal, I notice that neurodivergent people catch that and they respond to it rather than judging me for it or putting a wall up. I feel like that's the beauty of interacting with another neurodivergent person that's comfortable with their difference is conversations with them kind of flows a lot easier because you guys are always responding to each other. You have very deep, honest conversations because of that because I may say something that goes down this way and then they go down that road with me and then they respond in another way and then I go down that path with them there's just this constant inquiry and curiosity of each other and exploration of a certain topic i think another aspect of being able to tell if someone is neurodivergent is when you bring humor into the equation i feel like a lot of the times neurodivergent people's humor is in the name of observation of either themselves or humanity i often find that neurodivergent people either make fun of themselves as humor or make fun of humankind in general it's expressed in a satirical ironic sarcastic type of way and i feel like that comes from the fact that being a neurodivergent person living in a neurotypical world, you kind of, again, have to have that survival mechanism of observing everyone around you and the norms, because that's where you get to make the decision as to whether you want to fit in or not, because you kind of intrinsically know that you don't fit in. A lot of the times when I make jokes that is observational and could sometimes be dark, neurotypical people take it very literally. I feel like neurotypical people honestly have such opposite ways of thinking to me. What's serious to them is a joke to me and what's a joke to me is serious to them. There's times where I make dark jokes or make observational humor and they see it as just being critical or mean when in reality it's not, it's just a joke. You're laughing at the situation and not at the person, you know? I could pretty much tell if someone's neurodivergent if I make a joke and they are able to immediately understand that it's a joke and be able to laugh. So an example of being able to riff off each other in a humorous way, me and my neurodivergent friend, Kevin, one time we were at the park having a little boba picnic with our other friend and we were just kind of sitting in the sun talking about life and things like that. Our friend was kind of sharing about how at night she struggles with feelings of depression and I was just like yeah nighttime is very overwhelming right? You start to think about things that you don't want to think about. We were just kind of like in that really deep moment together of sharing emotions and then Kevin just out of nowhere chimes in with his vibrant personality and then he points at our friend and he sarcastically shouts you're mentally ill and all three of us just immediately start bursting out in laughter because it's just so funny right that situation was so serious and then kevin just being able to come in it kind of broke that tension for us we knew not to take that out of context we knew not to take it too personally whereas i feel like sometimes a neurotypical person may be like oh that was kind of an inappropriate time to insert a joke like that like this person was talking about their depression and they don't normally share that stuff because they're normally very closed off so that's a moment where you're supposed to be 
more accommodating to them and careful with what you're saying. But no, I feel like us all being neurodivergent, we just immediately were able to understand that that was objectively funny. The inappropriate timing was also funny. And just because he said something like that during that time when someone else was genuinely sharing doesn't mean he had malicious intent. That's the thing about neurodivergent people. We kind of have the capacity to hold so many truths within us because we kind of have to, you know? And that's another aspect of whether or not I could tell someone is neurodivergent is how much capacity do they have within themselves to hold multiple truths? How much can they hold their own truth and be able to listen to other people's truths, witness other people's truths and understand that we are all different from each other and it's okay. And that's just how this world works and that's what makes this world beautiful. Whereas I feel like a lot of neurotypical people are more so interested in finding like-minded people in order to fit into a symbiotic community where you move as a unit. Whereas I feel like for neurodivergent people, we almost feel a sense of comfort when someone else is different. We feel a sense of curiosity and wanting to learn about those differences and experience those differences and witness their expression of their differences and figure out through creativity is ultimately what another aspect of being a neurodivergent is, is how creative a person is able to be. So it's a part of creativity to see those differences and still figure out how to move together where one person can specialize in one aspect of the movement because they're good at it. And then another person can take care of another aspect of a movement because they're good at that. You know, I feel like a lot of the times neurodivergent people are those creative problem solvers where they could take a bunch of different factors and put it together and still have it work. Whereas I feel like neurotypical people are just so used to fitting into the machinery of society and of their little bubbles. And that's the thing is I find myself feeling extremely fulfilled and nourished spiritually, emotionally, when I get to connect with other neurodivergent people, because I feel like it's a very genuine connection that you have with someone. Even if you're not talking about personal topics, the way that neurodivergence can explore other topics outside of ourselves is also very open and explorative. I will say though, I don't necessarily want this video to come across in a way where I'm putting neurotypical people down because I do have neurotypical people in my life and friends in my life. So I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. I'm just mainly trying to highlight positive attributes of neurodivergent people because we don't hear enough of that. But I will say that something I do appreciate about neurotypical people in my life is this sense of stability and predictability. That's something that you don't necessarily get in neurodivergent people all the time. And sometimes I think there's aspects of my autistic self that does like that my neurotypical friends are so predictable and reliable. You could have a little bit of that break sometimes in that sense. Even just saying that out loud, I feel like maybe that sounds like a diss, but I'm genuinely not meaning it to be a diss. I'm genuinely, I, I appreciate that aspect. But yes, I would be curious to hear from you guys. What are your observations as to characteristics that you look out for when you can identify if someone is neurodivergent or not? What aspects of those characteristics do you truly 
appreciate. I apologize for not uploading the video from last week about autistic humor. I got copyright claimed. I used a clip from a talk show and it was extremely funny. They copyright claimed me, so I submitted a dispute under fair use. I don't know when it's gonna get approved or denied. It's in the past taken me months to get approved, so I just don't know what to expect. So wish me luck on that and hopefully I can upload that one soon. Send all your positive energy into the universe and getting that copyright dispute resolved. Make sure you guys take care of yourselves. Take time to regulate. I will see you on next week's video. Bye.